1: as expected continued buzz around the quarterbacks especially when it comes to the 11th overall pick Justin Fields
0: breaking down the bears beat in news around the NFL
1: head coach of the Chicago Bears Matt Eberflus where where do we even start we start at hits we... do we start at the hits acronym and principles hustle yeah. intensity takeaways on both sides of the football yeah, okay yep okay for the defense and the offense and then smart football
0: former WNBA star and the ball stolen away didn't see her coming, and Perkins gets the clean steal. Over to Dales, easy land. Stacy Dales off a beautiful feed from Elaine Paul. Stacy Dales with Mully and Haw
2: on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Zach Zabin's in for Mully today. And time now to welcome Stacy Dales from the NFL Network, who did a terrific job covering... The Eagles all week, and then post game with the Chiefs on the field amid the celebration. All of the just ecstasy that the Chiefs were experiencing—that we were there to watch. Stacy, thank you for getting up early because we know it was such a long night. But what a memory! What an experience! What is your first reaction to what you recall last night?
1: Hey guys, good morning, Zach and, and David. Um, well, I actually just got off the red eye, so I'm I, I'm like kind of high on coffee, so that's good. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it, it was. It was honestly. It was. Um, it's. It's kind of hard to put into words because you had a team in, in Philadelphia that dominated the game virtually for the entirety of the first half, and then you thought they would put the you know pounce in the second. Right? They're up twenty four to 12, fourteen uh, going into halftime. Patrick Mahomes is hurt, and they they literally had twice as many um, plays as the Chiefs. And they still finished the game with 77 more total yards than the Chiefs. They, they dominated in so many aspects of the game. But Patrick Mahomes has obviously proved to be of the Brady, you know, sort of material in which, you know, this guy is, is a winner. He's going to, you know, what is it now, his second Super Bowl and, you know, victory in, in the last four seasons. They've been to the AFC Championship the last five seasons. I mean, they're they're starting to build a dynasty in Kansas City. That's evident. And, you know, it's a, kind of one of those deals where, like, you can't pick against Patrick Mahomes. You just can't. And so for anybody that did, how foolish, I guess, right?
3: Yeah, they heard about it from Travis Kelsey after the game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly, Zach.
3: So you interviewed a whole bunch of, of players right after – the, mm-hmm. the clock hit zero. And I always find those interviews interesting because uh, there, there's nothing to hide at that point. The season's over all the emotions come flowing out. So what'd you learn from the different people that you interviewed? What, what struck you?
1: Uh, what struck me is that the teammates of, so the the way we kind of do it, Zach is with, at the NFL network, we have a post game set and a post game show. And uh, James Palmer was on the, um, Chiefs all week, and I was on the Eagles, but he and I tag-teamed the winner, regardless of who that would be, and our set has a list of players that, um, you know, they they want the stars. They want Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey, and um, they want Andy Reid, and that's just fine because, listen, typically in these games, it comes down to the auxiliary players. You know, sometimes the players you don't think are going to have magnificent moments, Um, Players like a Nick Bolton who forced a fumble on Jalen Hurts. Players like Kadarius Toney who had a 65-yard punt return that was a Super Bowl record in terms of punt returns and a touchdown. So that kind of left us to meander around the field and grab those types of players. And the thing that I learned in talking to them is the mystique of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they believe, you know, even despite how young he still is in six seasons, that he is the best quarterback to ever play. <laughs> of course, they're going to say that. They're Kansas City Chiefs, but he, he has a way about him of making everybody believe he has a way of winning. He ha- he is a refuse to lose quarterback. He's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. And he's only in this. For us to say that at his age and the amount of time his tenure in the NFL, I think speaks to. The type of leader he is, and uh, you know, even Matt Nagy, you guys, I I texted him just to congratulate him before the Super Bowl, and he was so pumped. And you guys know he's such a great guy, and you know, he automatically deferred to. Well, it's great to have 15. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is something else. Uh, And then I think the other takeaway, Zach, was just that the Chiefs really did feel like the underdog, especially their their offensive line. When I interviewed Creed Humphrey, who's just in his second season, just finishing his second year, but he's going to be for 10 years one of the best centers to play in the NFL. Um, you know, for him to tell me, we listened to the banter all week that this is a historic defense we're playing and they're so good and they have 78 sacks and we're, we're kind of sick of hearing about it. So we wanted to send a statement out there. It, you know, players do listen to what we say, <laughs> players do listen to the media, and they took it. Uh, took offense to it and they went out and had the performance of their lives they didn't give up a sack to a defense that had 78 sacks Um, i thought that was probably maybe one of the biggest stories of the game besides patrick's ankle
2: talking with stacy dales from the nfl network who like all of our guests appearing on the score hotline brought to you by circa resort casino in las vegas home of the world's largest sports book one of the postgame interviews you did, Stacey, I think, was with Kadarius Toney, whose 65-yard punt return was the longest in Super Bowl history. Thought it was interesting. Greg Olson uh, described in the, in, the, in the Fox booth about in a, uh, a conversation he had pregame with Dave Tobe, who, said, who asked him about what the record was and it was gonna, implying that was going to happen, which is great. Dave Tobe deserves all the credit anyone could give him. Uh-huh. But wasn't that all Kadarius Tony? Wasn't that all him changing direction and, and making something happen and making uh-huh. something out of nothing? What was he saying about that historic punt return postgame?
1: He was kind of saying that to me, David. Like, I, I, I grabbed this guy, right, and he you just love it, right? Like, he, he, he gets drafted in the first round of the New York Giants, right? He's considered a bust. There are rumors that there's problems with him and the organization, and all of a sudden – Brett Beach, the GM of Kansas City Chiefs, I think week eight of this season is like, we need, we need Kadarius Tony on our team. And all of a sudden he becomes a Kansas City Chief. And now I'm standing with him to your point, David, and he's like beaming from ear to ear. He's got, you know, he's got the full grill on both top and bottom of his teeth. (laughs) And he's He's trying to describe the, 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 the run back and we all saw it. He took it from the left side of the field. He took it all the way across to the right side. And he could, he, it was almost like he couldn't explain the moment. And so I get really passionate with those situations because I can feel the genuineness when you grab a guy, as soon as the game ends and they're almost speechless. So, you know, he, he was uh, it was a great moment, um, I, uh, I got off the plane today and I got a text from Brett Beach and it was just my interview with him from Twitter. And he's like, he just wrote, I love this. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you something, I, I don't usually share my sourcing, but Brett Beach is the one who said, and what, what an architect, right, of this roster for years. Brett Beach is the one who's like, we need Kadarius Darius Toney on our team. And then to get off the plane and get a text message from him, like, I love this interview. Speaks to how proud he is of that acquisition midseason.
3: Yeah, that really is an organization that has all of its ducks in a row. They, they know exactly what they're doing to be able to trade away Tyreek Hill and, and still go out and win a championship. When everyone was talking about Buffalo before the start of the season being uh, the preeminent favorite in the AFC, even people picking Cincinnati Two weeks ago, to to win the AFC Championship game because of the uh, the concerns with the high ankle sprain for Mahomes, but I, I don't want to get I don't want to talk about that part of it. What I do want to talk about because everyone mentioned that something changed with the Chiefs coming out of the locker room, and it's more than just an X's and O's thing. Did did mm-hmm. anyone reveal what Andy Reid said to the team at halftime?
1: Reed doesn't have, Yeah, Zach, that's a great question. Andy Reid doesn't ever have to say much. In fact, he's notorious for having short meetings, which is what the players love. He's notorious for, you know, three minute meetings, whereas you'll get some of these younger coaches who keep guys for 30 minutes. And Andy Reid's very, I think it's more Patrick Mahomes. And I didn't have a chance to personally speak with Mahomes, but um, I think it is truly the Mahomes magic. And, you know, when you have a guy, like that and who is so beloved in the locker room. And he is, you know, I remember having a conversation with James Palmer and talking to him, because he, he, he's covered this team quite a bit and spent a lot of time with them throughout the course of the season. He covers that division quite a bit. And I remember being in the press box with him, and he was telling me about um, Andrew Wiley, right. Who's their starting right tackle. And Andrew Wiley played the game of his wife. Okay, he's already won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, but he, he had to deal with Hassan Reddick, And Hassan Reddick had, had 19 and a half sacks this season. The, the, the basic story that James and I talked about was just how Andrew Wiley isn't the best right tackle in football, but Patrick Mahomes will look at him and tell him, man, you're nasty. Man, you're so good. He builds the confidence in a guy like that. So Andrew Wiley is able to go out and play the game of his wife and protect Patrick Mahomes to such a level, even with an ankle injury, he doesn't get touched. That is what Patrick Mahomes has. And I believe that's what happened in the locker room, Zach, but you know, I, I, I haven't been able to listen to you guys. I do listen to the, the show so often. I just, I wish, I wish I could have because the reactions I'm curious to know from you guys, what you thought of the game. It's, it was just—I thought it was a really epic Super Bowl—and that—and Chris Stapleton like blew it out of the water. Oh
2: yeah, you know I was going to mention that one. <laughs> you know, we, we, oh we my spent...
1: god, you guys know I love music, and Chris Stapleton is one of my favorite favorite musicians. I saw him at Wrigley Field this past summer. That for me—I know Whitney was amazing, but that for me was the best national anthem that I've ever seen at a Super Bowl.
2: You know I was at that concert too, Stacy. So I had the same appreciation for uh, Chris <laughs> Stapleton. So we also know that you spent a lot of time around the Eagles last week. So I think it's almost a compliment to the Chiefs and the dynasty that they are building that the focus has been more on what how they won it rather than how the Eagles lost it. The Eagles lost it with the turnover by Jalen Hurts. He did so many other things right. He had 300-yard passing. He had the two-point conversion, which was clutch. He had all those things right, Stacey, but you know – as much of a competitor as he is, he's likely waking up this morning, regretting the fumble, which was returned for a touchdown in a three point game. That's going to leave a mark and that's going to be difficult to overcome that for Mm -hmm. Jalen hurts.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it it really, he, he's unlike anybody I've ever covered. I have to be honest with you in terms of his sureness, meaning his conviction and everything he says, like, when you listen to his quotes and when you listen to him talk, it's real. I mean, the guy had three rushing touchdowns. He had, a, he had a 103 passer rating. He throws for over 300 yards, but he has that one turnover. And it just shows you in moments like this, and I think you guys can both agree given the magnitude of games you've covered in your career in all realms of sport, whether it's baseball, whether it's, you know, basketball, football, you name it. Um, it comes down to a play, and it usually does. And not only that play, but the James Bradbury penalty that has been so widely and broadly talked about that essentially kind of sealed the deal for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it basically did. Otherwise, they, the Eagles would have had an opportunity to be able to go down the field and score, um, which I believe should have not been called. Um, it was ticky-tack, and in a game like that, how, like you can argue like the, even Bradbury came out and said well I grabbed his jersey but um you know that happens throughout the course of games like that's part of football this is a super bowl so it's not my place to get into the calls but um it does come down to one or two plays it always does whether it's a turnover whether it's a penalty and that's why you know that's why these teams are in this position because they had the fewest mistakes getting to this stage in their season but um, unfortunately, it has to go one way or the other, you know, and that's it went, it went the Chiefs' direction for sure. What I,
3: I think stood out to me is this is the kind of game the Chiefs have always played this season. They always play tight games and find a way to win. What was surprising to me is that Philadelphia did such a great job this year. Once they built a lead, you couldn't come back on that team, and they had a 10-point lead at the half and gave it up
1: yeah no you're right Zach and what's crazy is it just shows you how good Mahomes is they had the number one pass offense in the NFL well the Chiefs had the number one pass defense in the NFL they also had the best front seven in the NFL alongside the Niners Mahomes still won like <laughs> I don't I don't even I don't know how many other ways to say it right like I don't I don't his greatness, I, I don't – like, I was like, if he wins this game, I'm truly going to think he's a legend. I mean, the guy's 27 years old. He's the fifth youngest quarterback to win multiple Super Bowls, the youngest since Roethlisberger, which was, I think, 09 when I read the research notes last night. Um, again, second Super Bowl victory in four seasons. But, like, they just go to Super Bowls. They just go to AFC championships. I mean, Andy Reid's a great coach, like a Hall of Fame legendary coach. But yep. Patrick Mahomes, I, when I watch Patrick Mahomes play, I don't know what you guys think, but like you when I used to play basketball, like you want to, you know, a fast break or at any time on the court, you want to draw defenders to create mismatches and, you know, open opportunities. Like he plays football like he like as if you were on, on a court. Yeah,
2: he's Kansas City's Jordan. And that's, 100%. And he is at this stage of his career – As we were saying earlier, Stacey, in in the program, when Michael Jordan was in his fifth or sixth season, I think already people were trying to grasp and try to put him into historical context. He was that great, and you expected more to come. Likewise, when Patrick Mahomes is where he is at 27, two Super Bowls, five straight AFC championship games, he's already a legend, as you described. He's already a Hall of Famer with those kind of credentials. He's already probably, in my mind, one of the top five quarterbacks ever, And he's only going to get better.
1: Yeah. And I would just add to the Michael Jordan um, thought there, Dave, like he could go play baseball if he wanted to right now. He could say, I'm going to, I'm going to tie my shoes up in the NFL. I'm going to go to the major leagues. Like he literally could, he could have, he could have been a major league baseball player. He was that gifted. And obviously, you know, having that multiplicity in sports, you can see it on the field. I mean you could see him turn in a double play right like yeah. <laughs> i mean this this guy is this guy is uh like a freak um he's on the spectrum of greatness i I, I don't even know another way to say it like the, the chiefs in five seasons seventy five wins it's it is insane, and I did find Maggie by the way on the field after the game, and I gave him a huge hug. he was almost speechless, his eyes were all welled up in tears. I am so happy for him I know that you know, Bears fans are going to listen and say, oh, he didn't do us any good, you know, justice, Stacey, but he's a really good guy. It's nice to see good people have great moments. It's interesting. I I think
3: that Matt Nagy would have been a, a much better head coach if he had just stuck to being a head coach. I think being the play caller on offense impacted his ability to be a good head coach. And it's a lesson when you look at Nick Sirianni and the Eagles, I think Sirianni understood that lesson and he's been confident enough to allow his coordinator to call the plays. And he's truly a head coach. And I think that's why he was able to galvanize that team the way he did.
1: Well, that's a really good point, Zach. I mean, Shane steichen you know, they tinkered with it last year, but it was definitively his job this year to call the plays. And now he's probably going to go be the head coach in Indianapolis. And he has a great relationship with, with Jalen Hurts. And Nick just kind of stepped back and was became the overseer of the franchise. I I agree with you. And he got buy-in from both sides, and meaning the defense and the offense. I mean, it was really a joy to cover their team this year. Um, I always, you know, share that, like, anytime I've covered a team in the Super Bowl, they have a very – beautiful blend of chemistry and they can't not have it there can't not be selflessness on the team um, and as I reflect back on the week just being there because I've been with them now for almost a month um, for basically a month I, I try to think well were they loose yeah they were really loose were they too loose um, what happened at halftime like you said why they they played with great leads they, they've their, their, their time of possession was absolutely dominant all year long. Like, you, you just didn't see the opponent get a chance to score because they didn't have the ball. Um, but that's, that's where the, the magic of, of Mahomes comes in, and it's just that guy you can't pick against. I mean, bottom line.
2: Stacey, it's been a joy to deal with you all season long, especially during the postseason. You've done a great job. You really make our show better. Uh, get some sleep. Uh, thank you for <laughs> for joining us after taking the red eye back. That's commitment. And we really appreciate all that you do for us.
1: Yeah. My OCD, David, I'm going to unpack two big bags and do all my laundry right now. Cause I have a show tomorrow. So, but I, <laughs> I, I really love you guys. Um, I'm D- Dustin's amazing. He's like the communicator that you want to work with, um, every single week. And, um, Molly is, you know, miss you, Molly. And, but you know, Zach is a good friend of mine and, You guys do an amazing job, David. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
2: Stacey Dales, NFL Network. She's the best. Terrific uh, report from the field at Super Bowl 57.